Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. Yes, Rush Nation, we are back, and i tell you where we are back. We are back in the hallowed walls of the studio. It's Murph and I, on the desk, would say mixing like DJs, but there's just a tabletop in front of me and a laptop. But Murph, welcome back, mate, how are you? Yeah, thanks, mate, a lot better. Uh, still got a few little hurdles to jump with the fitness uh, and... and health but for the most part i'm firing on all cylinders so nice it's good to be back you and the wife had a little spa weekend away how was that oh mate incredible this place was uh absolutely nuts um i I won't disclose the location because people might start (laughs) (laughs) people might judge but it's in wiltshire um it's like a grand estate i think i sent you a couple of pictures mate people are already judging now you've said grand estate (laughs) it was it was incredible um just really nice to get away and connect and the wife and i are away this weekend we're going to where she had a lot of her childhood holidays oh nice in near southwold which is up on the sort of east coast uh near ipswich so up by the wash yeah so uh we're gonna use the bank holiday to have two nights away but it was good just to get away and just relax you a nice massage pregnancy massage because we've got our little one on the way Wait, that is the first time you've mentioned it on the podcast it is the first time but congratulations thank you yeah well she's far enough along now to where i don't think there's major concerns so baby boy murph it will be born in august so kept it under wraps wanted to make sure everything was right i'm a bit of a superstitious person but yeah so 
exciting that the boy's getting he's going to be here at some point yeah. relatively soon and uh to blow everyone's mind your boy who was born in september last year october um, october october Is it october yeah. yeah and uh and my lad who's going to be born in august unless things change and uh, he might come on his own schedule they're gonna be in the same school year yeah that is mad <laughs> Absolutely mad. <laughs> your, your kid's eating solid food and <laughs> well, eating <laughs> strong. He's, yeah, although he did smash. Well done, H.E. You smashed women on Sunday for the first, and it was the last class of the season as well. So <laughs> finished strong. He finished strong. Yeah, he's ready for the playoffs now. Well, let's hope so. We're it's changing. also since we've been in the studio together, or not been in the studio, you've got a year older. I have. Yeah, I am now all the threes, thirty-three. Good Probably age. Solid age. Uh, I like it. It's yeah. exactly the same as thirty-two, if you ask me, but. Nah, 33 is better. Yeah, my body's starting to tell me I'm slightly older, but my mind's still telling me I'm 16, so whatever, <laughs> you know. And that's why I love fantasy football, because I can still be a child. Right, Rush Nation, we, we last week's show, Murph and I got talking as per usual, and we left you with only three um, uh, idioms, I suppose, from the draft. We didn't really dive into it. A couple, couple of sum-ups, yeah. We did the Broncos, the Bucks, and the number one overall pick, which we still think is a joke. Yeah, still, I'm still there. Um, when it we, might help them, but when we last uh, podcasted, I suppose the Ra- no, Ravens. Apologies, the what am I trying to say here? The Arizona Cardinals still had Josh Rosen, and he's now with the Miami Dolphins. Have you spoke to Lee about this? Do you know, um, yeah, yeah. A quick, quick message with Lee. Um, he, I, 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 he wasn't anti it at all. Like, um, I don't think he was the most thrilled. I think when we were talking, it's like, oh, it looks like it's going to be either, I think, the 43 pick or the 42 pick. It was one of those. And um, he wasn't thrilled. He thought a third round, obviously, they moved out of that pick. They got more capital out of that. And as a result, picked at 62. And then they traded that pick. I think it's a great, I think it's a great trade for Miami. I think there wasn't a better quarterback in this class. And I think to get a guy like that for the 62nd pick, which you've already moved back from and you've already made your capital on it, I think is is pretty good business. Um, he's very cheap. And listen, at the end of the day, you've got three years on the guy. But cutting him is not going to cost you an arm and a leg to, yeah. to get rid of. So you bring him in. You don't like the look of him. It's not a problem. Um it's not a you know it's not an absolute it's not a waste of a pick at all because people go oh it's a second round pick and if you cut him but it's not because you've got value back already on that pick you've already got picks into next year so it's almost like you've deferred it and you picked a player up the other thing i i thought and a lot of people have criticized josh rosen we praised him a little bit on the last show about his attitude and how he's dealt with all of this and i think we did a little bit when he's with jeff when we were with jeff on last week he did you see the video no so he Instagrammed a video the day after the he'd been traded, and I listen. And people will say, "Okay, it's social media, like he, he's putting a presence out there." But he basically thanked all the coaching staff, all the coaches, all the fans. He sent a lovely message out there. But and and, and that's that's class. Like to do that with the circumstances, the situation, I thought was just a really classy thing to do. Mm. Um, and he might have been advised to do it, but he looked very genuine. Um, there's some people that come up and they're very insincere the way they talk I thought he was pretty genuine but on top of that he had um, commitments to play in Larry Fitzgerald's charity softball game right. and he delayed he told the Dolphins that I'm not going to be out there until Sunday or Monday because I've got this commitment to play in Larry Fitzgerald's baseball game for charity 
um, and it means a lot to him and it means a lot to me. So I, I'd rather stay in town like an extra night and fulfill my commitment and then I'll be out on the team. And they said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. So we delayed his move to like him going to the Dolphins facility for 24 hours to participate in fulfilling that game and that his commitment. So uh, I also, and the other bit about the video that's really cool is uh, he thanked Kyler Murray and he congratulated him on being drafted. And then he said to Kyler, he said, uh, you know, if you need a two bed apartment, um, there's one that's just come available. <laughs> <laughs> I can get you a probably a pretty good deal on it. Um, I really like that. He showed a bit of sense of humor and a bit of class. So I think anybody that said that Josh Rosen's got character issues, we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And I'm not going to sit here and say that he is, you know, an angel because hmm. you don't know. But for what he's put out in the media, I think he's done a, a, a very good job and he's de- definitely helped his PR. Yeah, I think that sort of situation can go either either way, can't it? When you uh, people say you've got character issues or you need to grow up, and I think you can either take it on the chin like he seems to have done and has resolved those character issues and come out in a really good way on social media and has appeared to handle the whole situation really well, or you could take it the other way and say, look, well, you know, you've you've screwed me over, sort of thing. I'm going to make life hell for you, and I'm not going to turn up to training, and I'm going to just gash you on social media and not turn up to Larry Fitzgerald's softball game and just be a total D about it. But actually, he's gone the other way with it and done his character issues the world of good. The only thing I will say, I do feel a little sorry for him in the sense of we all know the Dolphins aren't going to be good this year. I think that's pretty fair to say. I think Dolphins fans are pretty adamant that they're not going to be good this year. Mm. You've got a lot of developmental needs. What they did this year in the draft was very clever. They they traded back. They acquired a lot of picks for next year. They um, picked some guys to fill in the holes now. They improved D-line, got some good picks and talent in the room. But they haven't got enough to really compete. That O-line still needs a bit of work. Um, he hasn't got a wide array of, of weapons and talent to use in the system yet. He's got Devontae Parker, bro. He has got Devontae Parker. <laughs> and he will be good one week and we will call it. <laughs> yeah, of course. We'll just have to predict that week again. Um, so he's going to have, I wouldn't say it's as bad a situation as he had last year because I think that's harsh. But I wouldn't also go as far as to say it's wildly improved. Um, so I think that's a real difficult, and don't forget he's got a rookie head coach and a rookie offensive coordinator, which again, a similar situation he had last year. So it's really tough for a guy who was a highly talented prospect to get put into a system with a rookie head coach. He had an experienced offensive coordinator who got fired and got put in place with a rookie offensive coordinator who were just finding their feet with a lack of protection, a lack of depth and a lack of weapons. And then he's now gone and got traded into almost the same position again with all of the things I've just mentioned. You know, you talk about your luck. It's it's pretty harsh, but I think he'll do the best he can. And as long as people just, I, what I don't want is people to look at him this year and say, "I can't believe it." Two years in the year in the league, and he's done nothing. They're, they're awful circumstances. I can't imagine anybody who's been drafted under worse circumstances than what he has. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, nice. Well, that's my Josh Rosen Appreciation Society speech for the day. Hashtag that bad boy up. Rush Nation, we're going to hit you with all 32 teams today. Best picks, worst picks, grades. Murph's done quite a lot of the writing on this because I was frantically busy at work today for some ungodly reason. I'm not sure why. It's a good thing I did it last night. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Murph had the foresight to get ahead of the game and I just didn't have time. So he has got my back as per usual. So thanks for that, mate. 
Always. And it's handy when you've got a long commute like I do to jump on and do bits and pieces. This is very true. Your commute allows you to put your laptop on a table, whereas my commute, I'm driving, and then my job, I don't have a table on my lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) Why hasn't anyone invented that yet? Because it's very difficult, I've discovered this recently, to text or check messages and mow. Because you can't see where you're going when you're looking at your phone. Now, I haven't driven off or into anything majorly, but it's difficult. It's not as easy as you might think. So don't text and drive, sports fans. Whatever. I'll stop gabbling. Right. (laughs) 32 teams. Arizona. Murph, this one's all yours. Best pick, worst pick, and grade, sir. Yeah, so what we're doing for this exercise is we've gone through, we've picked uh, best pick, worst pick, and then an overall grade Rather than rattling off 254 names, I'm sure you can find that information in other very useful places. If you cannot, at us at 5 Yard Rush on Twitter, and I will share some sort of link to show you all 254 picks that there were. <laughs> so, okay, let's start off with the Cardinals. Best pick for me was Byron Murphy in the second round. For me, clearly a first round talent. For me, I had him as one of the top two cornerbacks in the class. Um, I really thought he'd end up at Pittsburgh before they made the trade-up with Denver, um, and I thought it was a solid fit. I think he's going to be a nice uh, nickel corner early on. He'll then probably move outside. Uh, it depends what happens. But for me, great pick, great character guy, going to be a, a good leader, um, really like the talent, and think he's going to be a, a stud for, for years to come in a position that's highly important in the in the NFL. Worst pick for me, it's probably no surprise to anyone that's listened to us over the last few months, it's Kyler Murray. I just I just don't I can't I can't get on board with it. And I look, I understand it. You don't need to explain that, you know, it's a new coach, it's what they wanted. Uh, he's an athletic guy and, and but I just as I've just made this impassioned speech, I, I just really like Rosen. I just think he's a better quarterback than Murray. He's a better prospect than Murray. He's got better traits than Murray. Just in my eyes, it's an opinion thing, right? Um, so I just think, I just think for me, that was, I just would have, I just felt they have so many needs. I don't think the quarterback was the problem last year. I think the problem was no O line, no D line, no real uh, weapons. Well, they addressed that. They just went and got the weapon crazy. And that was my issue with with their draft. Is I've given them a grade B. I've taken into consideration that they have basically revamped their whole offense. They've gone with the guy that they want to go for. Um, I've seen firsthand the issues of drafting for scheme over best player available. Tampa Bay have done this for a number of years, and sometimes they end up with some great players, um, and sometimes you end up with some terrible players, and I'll come to Tampa in a bit. My my problem with the Murray pick is is more the fact that for scheme, they've gone with this guy as opposed to talent, and I think that's a concern, because if Cliff Kingsbury gets fired like Steve Wilkes in a year's time, Kyler Murray's probably good enough to withstand that, but a new head coach might want a different type of quarterback, might want to change the offense that might not play to Kyler Murray's strengths. That's always something I think we've just seen firsthand to to think about. So I like their draft. I think they drafted too many wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I get why, because they're going to lose a lot. Like Fitzgerald's going to go, they've got a replacement. I like who they drafted, but feel like they really needed, excuse me, to um, improve the O-line and D-line and focus on uh, building in the areas that, they they need to improve the most, and this was a great line, a uh, great draft to do both, and to basically ignore them. I feel was a mistake. I don't see where their talent production is going to go from three wins to nine wins this year. I think they'll be lucky to get to five. You heard it here first: five wins in Arizona. Oh, Kyler Murray, take that! Put that in your pipe and smoke it, son. Right, 
I've got Atlanta. Best pick. Straight up Chris Lindstrom. Guard. Absolute beast. They call him a mauler. He's going to step in, start right away to protect Matt Ryan. That's where they went in this draft. They thought, we need O-line help. We've got a win now window with Julio. Ridley taking a step in his second year. Devonta Freeman hopefully fit and healthy. What do we need to do? We need to protect Ryan. We need to open lanes for Devonta to run through, and they did. So they grabbed Chris Lindstrom. As I said, he's going to start straight away. Unfortunately, they addressed the O-line again in the first round by trading back in. They grabbed Irish Gary, Caleb McGarry. Sorry, stole that from around the league. Um, <laughs> he's a good player, but I'm not sure they needed to move up and grab him. We've given them a B overall. Uh, like I said, it was about protecting Ryan. They accomplished that. The O-line will be better. It's whether or not they can win in the win-now window they've provided themselves with. We shall see. And then I quite like uh, Kadre Ellison. Uh, Cadre, it's a Q without a U, guys. So pronunciation, I've got absolutely no idea. But yeah, Cadre Ellison, he could be a nice addition if Ito Smith doesn't turn into the guy they wanted. This is an alphabetical order, guys. So next up is Baltimore, and Murph's taking that one. Yeah. So with the Ravens, uh, I really like Miles Boykin. Um, I think he's, um, you know, he's a big target. He he is raw, um, but I think if he's coached well, and I think when you've got a coach like John Harbaugh, who I just think is an all-round great coach. Um, and the coaching talent that he has got there, I think he is a real uh, upside play here to to be a really big receiver. Um, I really like Hollywood Brown, especially for for Baltimore. I don't necessarily love it for fantasy. I think the big issue with, with Hollywood Brown is, is how far is Lamar Jackson going to be able to throw the ball. I think that's a real concern as to whether he can land at him consistently, but I think if there's anyone that can make those plays and turn um 50 50 balls into grabs i think in this draft it was hollywood brown and i, I you know a big fan of the player for the worst pick and you know it's really questionable when you're sitting here saying the worst pick they make is a is a sixth round player but i didn't really understand taking trace mcsorley here um he is athletic but effectively he is like lamar jackson 2.0 so he's never going to play unless lamar's really injured um and really really injured I just think it's a bit of an issue. I think that's the the real problem with with Trace. I just don't think he's really going to be a cut out standout NFL quarterback. And okay, it's a sixth round pick. It's not a lot of capital to bring the guy in and find out. But I just felt they could have probably picked up some value in that round. Graded them a B. Um, I think they've added some really nice pieces. We Justice Hill as well as Boyking and Brown. I'd have liked of them to field another piece on on defense with a high pick. I think I would have liked to have seen them bring in just a little bit more with what they've lost. But on the whole, um, I think they've done a pretty good job, and they'll be an exciting team to watch in that AFC North next year. Ooh, all about the Ravens' nest. Start on that one as well. <laughs> oh, Tyree Jackson. Did you see they got picked up by the Bills? No. Yeah, he didn't get drafted because we were talking about it, and yeah. then they picked him up today. Oh wow, brilliant! Or oh, yesterday, probably considering it's. We're there behind in time. Bad landing spot behind a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I think because he's native, obviously, to the area. Or played college and at Buffalo. So, yeah, I'm on to Buffalo. Their best pick, apart from Tyree Jackson. <laughs> it's got to be first round Ed Oliver. He's going to fill a major need and he's going to be a star down player. I mean, Pro Bowl talent already. So look for him in this year's coming Pro Bowl. Also, shout out to you, Stuart Love. Apparently, you're going to the Pro Bowl in January. So, yeah, big time, big time that. Look forward to seeing your videos from there. Now, the worst pick, we we didn't like them taking a... They've got so many people in the backfield, and then they took Devin Singletary, my boy from Florida Atlantic. It was third round, so they might have been a bit high, considering they've got Shady McCoy, 
the Infinity Stone, Frank Gore, and then who's the other guy? T- oh, they got TJ Yeldon. TJ Yeldon. All I could think of was Ivory, but he was there last year. Yeah, so there's four running backs now. I'm not, do- One of them's getting cut. Who do you think it is? Could be Yeldon. I don't think it's Yeldon. I think of all of them, Yeldon is the guy who's probably most safe. I, to be honest, for fantasy perspectives, that is a, a room that I wouldn't be that interested in. Um, Although we might have to be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, TJ Yeldon, for me, if I'm looking at that on on paper, I think he's the one, considering what he did last year, um, I think he had pretty good uh, numbers when you're looking at what he did in the absence on a pretty poor Jacksonville team. So I do quite like... I think he is the youngest. He's probably the most mobile. I think Frank Gore's a good leadership guy. I think he's someone who is probably beneficial to, to Singletary. And as you saw last year, he just won't quit. He'll put everything in. Shady's on a lot of money. So if I'm, I just want to look at his cap situation here because you've got the character issues of what came out last year. And I know he wasn't um, reprimanded by the league. So I've got to be a little bit... By the way, did you see what Shady McCoy did on Twitter? I didn't. Oh, he gave... I, I didn't see it, because I've not seen Endgame yet. I assume you probably haven't seen Endgame yet. No, I'm about 15 Avengers behind, so I wouldn't worry okay, about fine. spoilers and stuff. Well, I've not seen it yet, so I've deliberately tried to duck it, but he wrote up all the spoilers to the film. And I think he did it as an exciting fan, but basically he gave away accordingly. I, I've not read it because I didn't want to read it. <laughs> on, the, on the same story as that, did you hear about the kid who emailed his entire school? No. <laughs> yeah, some kid went to watch it at midnight on release day and then emailed every single kid and every member of the faculty. And it, the email title was just work. So there was nothing. Oh, so, wow. What a um, yeah, that... big, big bad move. But yeah, everybody opened it because it was just titled work and it was the sp- spoilers for Endgame. <laughs> that is horrendous. There was a guy in my office today. We're well off track now, but we might as well go there. Who stood in the corridor and was proceeding over the phone to tell someone the entire episode of Game of Thrones. So if you hadn't seen it, there was probably about 150 people in the vicinity of this guy making this call on hallways, etc. There are people shushing in, there are people trying to get him to move on. Like, I've not watched it yet. <laughs> I luckily had. And I was just like, dude, what are you doing? And he's just walking around the corridor. It's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bit dark and um, I had to turn the lights off and pause it and change the brightness of my TV. That's the only spoiler I'll give you, I promise. And blah 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 happened blah 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 happened and I'm just sitting there like dude what are you doing you're in an office full of people like yeah. show some respect yeah. I get you want to talk about it um, that gave me enough filler to find Shady McCoy's contract they can cut him for 2.6 million so nothing uh, he's a cap hit of 9 mil this year right so it's not nothing but compared to what it will be so uh, Shady McCoy could be a cut candidate mm, Devin Singletary it's a sleeper pick, I think. They love a running back up in Buffalo. So, overall, we graded them a B. Getting Oliver and tackle Cody Ford with the first two picks were really good moves. We didn't see Dawson Knox as a great pick, but it wasn't a massive reach. So, if they wanted him, why not go get him? And Brandon Bean has got this team moving in the right direction, we think. And giving that boy of yours, Josh Allen, some weapons and some protection and a decent defense. Not my boy. You love him. It's it's clear and present danger. It, it. It really isn't. <laughs> wait, wait. Now let's let's stop there. Murph's not a fan. Carolina Panthers, big man, take it away. Oh, I just heard some booing in the background for the Carolina Panthers. Apologies if that came through the mic. Boo, <laughs> boo. Stop it. You're going to get trashed in London. Boo. Stop it. Boo. Uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, so yeah, uh, best pick, second round tackle, Greg Little for me. First round talent all over the shop. 
Um, I think with a little bit of good coaching, he could develop into a Pro Bowl player for sure. Really like the player uh, a lot. Um, I thought they'd go O-line in the first round. They took Brian Burns, which perfectly, perfectly good pick. No, got no qualms there at all. So um, they they did need a bit of extra protection for Cam and um, add something for CMC as well. So I've, I really like this pick. Yeah, I'm just all-round good hit for me. Uh, I didn't love the decision for, for Will Greer here to go in the third round. I think Will Greer is someone who, he he's a developmental quarterback. I think he's got a lot of really good tools. I've seen him play uh, a few times on telly, not in life. <laughs> I think he's a, I think he's a re- he, he has the potential to be a really good quarterback. He, he's, he suffered with a bit of immaturity when he was younger. Uh, PED suspension led to him transferring from Florida. Um, maybe he, him and Cam can talk about uh, transferring from Florida because they both transferred. Hey, hey. A little something in common. But I just don't think they needed to take him. And also, I really like Kyle Allen, their backup. He was good when he stepped in last Really year. good. And I'm sitting there thinking, is Will Greer better than Kyle Allen? I go in no. Not right now. He could be. I just didn't think third round pick. I'm thinking like you could have really done a bit better. Which, for me, that pick took them from a low A to a high B, B+. I just feel like if they just got a little bit more on the offensive or defensive line... Or even just an extra weapon for Cam, I just think that would have been a really, really. I, I liked every other pick, um, like some of the developmental guys that got late on um, to take a hit on. But I just felt the Will Greer pick was just for me not the right fit. Absolutely. Moving on to the Windy City, I got Chicago. Now they didn't have many picks because of the Khalil Mack trade, which obviously hurts you in a draft where you draft players for your future but needless to say their best pick was easily David Montgomery they moved up to get him did they need a running back that got rid of uh, Joe Ho Jordan Howard and brought in Mike Davis but I think Mike Davis is probably irrelevant now just he's going to step in if they need an extra breather for somebody Montgomery was probably well arguably up there with one of the best runners in the draft to get with your boy Josh Jacobs but to get Montgomery moving up in the third I just missed out on him in my dynasty draft and I was annoyed before he landed there and I'm even more annoyed now because I think he could be a day one starter depending on what happens with Mike Davis. Worst pick, Riley Ridley. I don't know how he fits into the offense when they've already got Anthony Miller who showed flashes last year. Second year wide receiver will improve as we all know. They had so many holes to fill, not so many that strong, but they had holes to fill and by adding another developmental wide receiver is he as good as his brother no there we go so we've given them a C I'm going to knock that down to a C minus just because I think they did, actually did worse than the right up suggest like I said they didn't pick until the end of the third round because of the mat trade they then traded away picks to move up to get David Montgomery who is a solid runner but have they hurt their future chances they're clearly in win now mode I, I mean I, I like the David Montgomery pick yeah the Riley really pick just didn't make any any sense to me I just think they, they could have got Someone a bit better there that that would have really helped him out a, a bit more, but yeah, for me, that's fair. Dropping him to a C minus, uh, don't disagree with that. Uh, it's hard when you don't pick until like the ninety something pick. That's quite hard. Um, I think they moved up a, a little bit to get Dave Montgomery, so I think maybe it was the late eighties. Um, but that's what happens when you you give all your draft capital away to sign a player. Um, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this is probably one of the lowest um, best picks I've got. Renel Wren in the fourth round is an absolute steal. He was completely in the wrong position in college where he was playing uh, nose tackle. It's just not really him. But he is a great um, 
defensive line piece. And I really like they got Jonah Williams. I think he's a really good piece. I don't think there's any real secret they wanted Devin Bush. I think that was the player they would have drafted if the Steelers not um, stolen him. Stolen oh, him. Yes, I, I mean, that. there's one thing to, to jump above a team to nick the player, but when it's a divisional rival, that's got to feel really, really sweet. Um, I really like Jonah Williams, though. I, 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 to me, he's a potential Pro Bowl player, so um, I don't think they should cry too much. Um, worst pick, I'm sticking with the theme of quarterbacks here. I just don't like Riley Finley or Ryan Finley, even not Riley, Ryan Finley. Um, I just don't think he's ever going to be anything in the NFL. I'm not a quarterbacks expert. Okay. I've not played that much of the game. So it's tough choice, but at the end of the day, I just don't see what they see and they're talented. They do it for a living and I could live to eat my words, but I'm going to take a bet and say they don't. (laughs) I, I, I don't. Apparently he, so Ian Rappaport, reported on draft night, I think it was day three, um, said that Ryan Finley was the only quarterback they brought in to interview and said that basically what they did with him is they spoke to him and taught him, I think it was coverage, and then got him to reply, like uh, teach back the coaches like what he'd learned based on that. And apparently he, quote-unquote, blew the doors off. And that's fine, and fourth round is fourth round, but I just think I would have liked to have seen someone challenge Andy Dalton. If you're going to take quarterback, and quarterback was a big need, there were many other guys I would have drafted over Ryan Finley. Hashtag next year. Yeah, so uh, great B for me. Um, I I think any time you're picking up uh, offensive line players, especially you get a talent like Jonah Williams, I think is is great. Um, I also really like what they did in the sixth round, getting Trayvon Williams and, and Rodney Anderson. Trayvon Williams is quite a slight back. Um, he's almost like a, the Philip Lindsay kind of mould, quite small, almost undersized but very quick and nimble. Uh, Rodney Anderson had had a lot of injuries. I think he's someone who could have been uh, much higher up the board had he not been coming off all these injuries. Um, So in the sixth round, they're the sort of picks you want to take. Someone who has clearly got the talent, but has had some form of issues or concerns, whether that's uh, character, developmental, bomb the process, um, or just injuries. Because if Rodney Anderson doesn't pan out, no one's going to chastise him for a sixth round pick. So, um, I think they did all right. I I I would have liked to have seen them get a quarterback that would challenge Andy Dalton for me. But I think other than that, they should be pretty happy with what they got. And I think it improves their team day one next year. I've got the Browns now. Their best pick we have as fourth rounder, Sheldrick Redwine. What a name that is. Yeah, He's pretty good safety. They needed some help after getting rid of the guy to the Giants who peppers. Yes, Jabril Peppers. All I could think of was Sergeant Peppers. That's all the, <laughs> I knew it wasn't that. Former first-round pick. Yeah, so they got rid of him in the OBJ trade. They needed help at safety, so they grabbed Sheldrick Redwine. Great name. I'm gonna, every time I hear that, I'm just going to say great name. Um, yeah, he's a good size safety. He's got a lot of burst, and he can run well. Worst pick now, they took a kicker. His name's Austin Siebert in the fifth. Uh, why? Just why? Yeah. That's it. So we give them a C plus. They traded around. They traded, sorry, their first round pick to the Giants for OBJ, which is a win, obviously, for them. But Greedy, Greedy Williams is outstanding in coverage, but he needs to work on his tackle. He shies away a little bit, and then the rest of the drive was a bit average. So if you average out the Greedy Williams and the OBJ getting rid of for that, we give them a C plus. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some Browns fans. By the way, big shout out to uh, Paul Brown. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Paul. Um, I'm sure Jack might be listening and might disagree with that grade. Um, there's not just not a lot to grade. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, they took some solid players, and I know that Jack really likes 
Greedy Williams and good luck to him. He was a player I wasn't a big fan of. Um, I just think the rest of it was all like, yeah, it's all right. There's some upside guys in there who, if they develop, we can revisit the grade. I got Jerry's World. Oh, America's team. hate you, Dallas. Jerry's World. hate you. Um, I really like uh, Tristan Hill. He comes from my alma mater, Central Florida. Um, so, DT is. Um, he is quick. He penetrates well. Um, I just think he's a really solid pick. I, he's got some concentration issues. He needs to focus a bit. Sometimes I think he misses um, coverage or he's missing what's going on. But um, I really like him. It, it, it's tough when you're in one of those smaller schools. And even though Central Florida still been on the national stage, they went a long time unbeaten. Um, it's still, I mean, it's still impressive to get someone from uh, UCF to to get into the the second round. Like for me, that shows you how good the player is. Mm. So I think, yeah, I'm. I think he's going to be special. I've, I've seen quite a bit of him, and and yeah, I think he's going to be a really really good player. I didn't really love Tony Pollard in the fourth. Um, I just think that Dallas have bigger needs. I just I think they're better players in the draft. Mm. Um, overall, I just I didn't really get it. Um, but you know, I'm sure they've seen something that I haven't. So, giving him a B minus, um, it was always going to be tough. No first round uh, talent um, because they got Amari Cooper, and let's be honest, Amari Cooper is probably better than any receiver that was in this class. So they have one there. Um, getting Hill and getting a guard in Connor McGovern, really nice. I think they they did really well with the picks they had, um, given the circumstances. So yeah, uh, kudos. Let's move to mile high, baby. I got Denver. Pretty. St- I hope you've got Tampa. Yes, yeah. that's standard. So best pick. Well, this is controversial. I didn't write this one, obviously. <laughs> Second round quarterback, Drew Locke. He's going to play a big, big role for the franchise in the future. Sat behind Flacco for a year or two is a great move. They're going to look back and think what a bargain he was in that round. I hope that's true. Now, I know, you, I know you're thinking Noah Fant. No, no, I'm not because, well, I am. And not just because it's Noah Fant, the fact we got traded back and got a second round pick, which I suppose then helped towards Drew Locke. So maybe Drew Locke is the pick of the Denver Broncos, but... Now, there is no bad bad pick. First four rounds were solid all the way through. I mean, we took a cornerback in the fifth, I think, sixth, yeah. before we had no picks in the seventh. And uh, uh, they're all good. They all help the team. And none of them are a weak link, I don't think. so. We've... Absolutely not. I, this was about the only team I... There were a couple I sort of struggled with a pick. Um, but this one, I just... I, I couldn't hate anything Denver did on the night. It is a really, really bizarre world that in the same draft we're going to praise John Elway and we're going to praise Dan Schneider. <laughs> like, this is like when Thanos clicks his fingers in... Don't worry, it's not in the... If you'd seen the first Avengers Oh, but sorry to jump in. Have you seen the Google thing for Thanos kicking his fingers? Uh, I'd seen pictures. I've not actually done right, it. Right, okay. So do this now. On, I presume you can do it on your phone. If you Google Thanos, right... I I don't want to tell you before. I don't want to tell them before you do it because it will ruin the surprise. But if you Google Thanos, yeah. it will come up with there should be a little picture. Oh, of his, that's of, cool. Of his glove, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when you Google Thanos, a picture of his glove comes up. If you click on the glove, his fingers click. Yeah. And then it starts whizzing up and down the Google page, just making stuff disappear. Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird. And then it actually stays disappeared. Yep. It's just big white spaces. There you go. You're That's wo- so cool. You're welcome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, where were we? Um, I was talking about Thanos and Click Me. Yeah. Oh, because of John Elway and Dan Schneider. Yeah. yeah. I, 
I don't think I would have ever expected in a million years to praise one of them, let alone two of them, for for the draft. So, uh, kudos. I think they both had a very, very brilliant three days. We'll review Washington. Spoiler about. <laughs> Sometimes, but I, but I said a little bit on the draft. Uh, yeah, no, no, for options. sure. I mean, we've given them an A. Moving down from ten overall to get Noah Fan at twenty was absolutely brilliant. A minus. Uh, sorry, I thought that was a dash. We've given them an A minus. I would change that, but I feel like Murph would burn holes in me with his eyes. I can see him looking at me. I just don't like to give too many A's. No, that's I, fine. I feel it was close. I just like try a little harder, Denver. So yeah, getting Noah Fan at twenty after moving back from ten, adding Drew Lock with the. Uh, Steelers pick or around that pick was pretty decent we think so I don't know if Drew Locke used the tight end much in college but if he did he's got one of the better ones now in no offense I mean he had some good players in college um, I don't think he had a great tight end but well he does now yeah so I think he's he's laughing so uh, yeah we'll see what happens with Drew Locke in the in the coming years I don't think you'll see much of him this year depends what happens with Denver's season um but exciting times ahead. I really love their draft. Again, couldn't couldn't fault it in any real way. Uh, I get Lions. My, my difficulty with the Lions, and this isn't anything against Lions fans or team, I just find the Lions just a bit meh. They're just like, yeah, they're there. But they, I don't know. I just I can never get excited about watching the Lions or writing about the Lions or doing draft coverage about the Lions. But I'm going to do my best here, folks. So uh, let's see how I get on. I thought Amani Warrior in the fifth round was incredible. For me, I was thinking of him going in the second round of the Buccaneers. Mm. I think he's a top corner. He did well in the Shrine game. He did well in the Senior Bowl. His process was good. His tape was good. There must have been something going on. I hear maybe character issues and they bombed the interviews. Um, and that's why. But to get a player like that in the fifth round, if you get his head right, it was a big need for... Detroit, and I feel like that is an absolute steal. The worst pick for me is Austin Bryant. Now, he goes in the fourth round, and I don't mind... I didn't think he's a fourth-round talent, but more importantly for me, he was the fourth guy on that Clemson line that went drafted. The other three went in the first round. So you had three Clemson linemen going, I think, in the first 20 picks, or round about that sort of number. And this guy dropped in the fourth round. It says to me a lot when there's such a big talent gap between the three and then the four. Mm. Um, And the first three went pretty close. And you can kind of split, you know, people like Wilkins, people like Ferrell, you know. I just think, is he really that good? Or was he just the fact he was on a brilliant offensive line? Uh, Sorry, a brilliant uh, defensive line. And he was made to look better than he really is. I always get really suspect of guys like that. So that for me, I just didn't really like the pick. Um, I've given him a C. I really liked TJ Hawkinson, and I do like him, and I've said it on the pod time and time again. Do I really think that he was like the most needed player for the Lions in this draft? No. Um, I mean, you have Jesse James, and I'm not a big Jesse James guy, but he, he will do for a year. Um, I just think there were bigger needs. I think they needed more pass rush. I just think the, the whole... It, it says more that their best pick was in the fifth round than anything. Right. On to Green Bay. Now, third round tight end Jay Sternberger is clearly the best pick here. He's going to add a real nice dimension to the offense in passing game. Aaron Rodgers is going to love how he plays as tight end and learning from a year on Jimmy Graham is only going to do him the world of good. We didn't love Rashawn Gary. This is his worst pick. He's an athletic kid, but he didn't have great production last year. was massively out 
produced by Chase Winovich. So let's see how concerns over his shoulder play out as well. Now, we've given them an overall B. Gary was a little bit high on a reach, we felt, but Brian Burns would have been much better, considering we think he's a better talent. Second round centre, Elgin... Elgton Jenkins, man, these names are hard today. Elgton Jenkins was top lineman in the draft, one of the top linemen, and second round's pretty good value there, but overall, a B. Yeah, I thought it was all right draft. Um, I think they did bits and pieces uh, that were really good. Um, you know, they traded up to get a safety. Um, we talked a little bit about that on Friday, but, you know, if he's your guy, he's your guy. Uh, I spoke to Charlie about it. He seemed pretty happy with what's, uh, what's gone ahead, and I don't think anybody will criticise our analysis here uh, with what with what we said. So, I'm going to take the Texans. This, for me, was just really difficult to, to analyse. I, I really struggled for what was a good pick here. <laughs> um, I, I debated between Lonnie Johnson, but I ended up going for uh, Cahill Waring, who is a, a tight end who went in the third round. I think he, he could be really good. Uh, he is raw, but he's really athletic. Um, and I think that... The Texans don't really have anything like him at tight end, and I think he's someone that can really come in and do something. But that Titus Howard pick in the first round, I mean, that was a, that was panic. Um, it, it was like watching a car crash in slow motion. The Eagles trade up uh, and they take the off, you know, they take the offensive lineman that clearly the Texans were craving for, and then you know they've they've gone with Titus Howard. I just think you know he's coming from Alabama State, not the Alabama. It's just a huge jump. This guy is going to be forced in as a first-round player. Mm. I think for me, he had a third round, maybe a fourth-round grade, and that's what most uh, analytical pundits and uh, mock drafters sort of had this guy at. So for him, basically, he's going from Alabama State to starting offensive lineman in the NFL. I mean, that's a jump. I mean, it's a huge jump. So if he does it and he proves me wrong, I'll change the grade. But I'm not sold. Um, I did. Lo- I, I I said it when we did our mock draft. I really wanted them to get some offensive line help. I really felt they needed to protect Deshaun Watson. This guy's been pummeled with injuries, um, but they took so many risks, and I just think that's a real issue. Um, I've given him a D. I just didn't. I, I think you know Lonnie Johnson. I think will be a good player. He's from Kentucky. Um, as a corner, I think he will be a really good starter in the league. Um, but I don't think he's elite. I don't think they took anybody here that I think makes them better day one. And I think that's how I do these grades is if the season was to start tomorrow, how many of these guys are going to come in and really change the outcome of where the Texans are? Not a lot. None for me, if I'm honest. So, uh, D. That's fair. I've got another team. <clears throat> Excuse me. My next team, I think, possibly have gone completely the other way with the Indianapolis Colts. There's people here that are going to come in and help the team straight away. Now, they moved out of the first round. They did a little bit of draft board manoeuvring and ended up with 10 picks, which is crazy smart. And we've got their best pick as second round receiver, Paris Campbell. He is absolutely lightning, lightning fast. Uh, As we've seen, Andrew Luck can still throw the ball long. And if Andrew Luck can throw the ball long, he's going to be accurate. And Paris Campbell is going to be underneath it. You've got T.Y. Hilton running underneath. Old matey boy from Panthers, what's his name? The big tall Funches. Yeah, Devin Funches as the sort of second tight end, uh, Eric Ebron, this offense now is absolutely fire and it doesn't stop there. I mean, second round, they picked up Ben Baganu. Not a great pick here. He's got the speed to become an effective rusher, but he's needs a lot, a lot, a lot of seasoning. So it might take some time to see how they get on there. Justin Houston might be able to help him work on his game. Yeah. 
So we've given them a B overall. Like I said, the draft board maneuvering was a really great move, and it's the second year they've had a really good draft. <laughs> they got second round corner Rokia Sin, top name that. He's going to be a great player. And then they got some also additional 2020 capital uh, between Campbell, Rocky Sin, the extra capital. Again, the Colts will come out really well. 100%. I think uh, they had a really good draft, uh, analytically smart. Um, once again, Chris Ballard's doing a great job there as the GM to acquire talent. Um, he's not afraid to move back in spots and pick up, um, pick up more and more draft picks to increase your chances of really hitting a good players. That's what they did last year. And they had probably the best draft last year of anybody. Um, I think this year is a little bit more of a conservative approach, but they're going to do really well with some of the players they've got, and they've got some really exciting talent. So, uh, really good draft, and and to get capital for next year as well. I think you know added bonus. I'm going to take Jacksonville. Um, good, I don't want to. So, in terms of Jacksonville, uh, best pick here is is Josh Allen. Um, you know, if they can go back to being Saxonville with him in their line, I just think he is an elite talent. Um, I th- just think he's a top player. There's a few teams I'm, I'm questioning why they didn't take him. Um, for me, he should have gone to Oakland. Um, I can understand why the Buccaneers passed. I'd have liked him at the Buccaneers. If we drafted him at five, I wouldn't have been that disappointed. But the Buccaneers have no linebackers at start. <laughs> that's yeah. the that's the ultimate truth. Uh, he got one, so which is Levante David, who's nearly thirty. So at the end, and I'll get more into the Buccaneers. But there were two players in this draft at linebacker who will start day one in the NFL. And the Buccaneers had to go that way, which makes sense because if you miss them, you're dead. But the Giants should have taken him at six. Mm-hmm. So I don't understand why he got passed. And I don't think Jacksonville would have taken Josh Allen at seven. I really do not believe that they thought he would be here. But he was number one, two on their board and went, this is a gift. So yeah, uh, absolutely. A home run pick. Loved it. I think for me, Quincy Williams is a little bit of a risk. For me, is the worst pick. He's a linebacker. He... In a lot of mock drafts, he was uh, slated to go undrafted. Like nobody had him. Um, I mean, he's 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 very quick and he's explosive, but his discipline, uh, reading the game, he's a huge risk. I just think at third round you could have got better. I'd in the third round, if I'm taking linebacker, I'd have probably gone Matt Wilson or someone like that, uh, who I don't absolutely love, but I think he's far better than Quincy Williams. Uh, again, Jacksonville, despite that though, um, to. In every mock I saw, pretty much Jawan Taylor going to, in the first round to Jacksonville was like pretty much the slam dunk pick, and they get him in the second round. So you get probably two of the top five guys on your board, and you didn't trade up to get either of them. is just incredible. It's just phenomenal. Um, then you add Josh Oliver, who is the tight end. I think he probably gets some time this year. I don't think he's elite. I don't think we're talking like Iowa tight ends that have gone this year. But I think he's he's okay. I think he's decent. Um, and I think he's probably, of all the tight ends of the draft, other than maybe Hockerson, Fan, I think he, or, or maybe Smith, depending on what happens in that situation, at uh, the Vikings, I think he, he, he could be someone that shocks a few people. Um, I don't think he's elite. I don't think we're talking pro bowl a bit here, but I think he fills a hole and I quite like it. So given Jacksonville and A, despite the Quincy Williams pick, I just think they did really well and uh, they probably had the luckiest draft i think i've seen anyone seen for quite a while and uh, i hope that they bought some lottery tickets because i'm sure their numbers came up <laughs> right i'm moving on to kansas city now kansas had a rocky couple of days during the draft with the tyreek hill news coming out he's since been indefinitely suspended by the chiefs and may hit the exemption list this week from the nfl we'll start with their grade we've given them a c now their best pick second round safety one thornhill i absolutely love this pick 
slides in where Eric Berry was, and he's one of the top safeties, and to get him in the second round is a steal, I think, if you need safety that bad. There were six safeties who considered to be top prospects, and he's one of the six. I like him a little bit more because I have him in my IDP league, but he's he's going to do well in the position, and the game is played in a way that Thornhill... He, he plays the game in the same way in college that the NFL has played now, so it's going to suit him. Worst pick, second round receiver, Miko Hardman. He's fast, but he's a pure uh, special teamer, really. I think he only caught 40 passes, something like that in college. Targets. I think he only had that many targets. Oh, well, so, his production was so little. You're basically... What they've done is they've done an athletic profile on who's the closest fit to Tyreek Hill. And they picked McCall Hardman. I, I hadn't even heard his name. He was literally just a uh, a, a returner. He, he was a very good returner in college, but to have 40 targets and just be a returner, I mean, if I could run like Tyree Hill, would they draft me? Wow. They, it very much could do. Um, I can't run like Tyree Hill, if anyone's wondering. I'm I... just going to pull up his stats from last year. Okay, so I'll go through their grade while you do that, Murphy. They didn't have a first-round pick after trading it away for Frank Clark, which we talked about last week. We didn't love it because losing the first round pick. And had they have had their first round pick, would they have gone with a better wide receiver than uh, Miko Hardman? Probably. Third round pick, Kalen Saunders, could end up being an absolute steal. But like I said, we've given them a C because of what they did with their picks. Miko Hardman's numbers from Georgia. Okay. So he's come out as a junior. So in his freshman year, he was in four games and didn't make a single catch. Nice. Fresh then. So, you know, but that's fine. It's your freshman year, right? You, you don't get on the field that much. In his uh, sophomore year, he played in 15 games. Uh, he caught 25 receptions for 418 yards, uh, four touchdowns. He also had eight rushing uh, attempts for 61 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so he totaled 33 plays from scrimmage for 479 yards. His junior years weren't much better than that. So he actually played a game less, 14 games for 35 receptions and 543 yards with seven touchdowns with five receptions, uh, five rushing attempts, 36 yards. So his total plays were up from 33 to 40 from scrimmage. He got exactly 100 yards more, 579 yards. So the average is a good 14 and a half, which stayed consistent in the both years. He got six TDs in, um, in his sophomore year and seven as a junior. But you know, you're talking about 40... In his career production from college, he's had 73 plays from scrimmage. It's not a lot. So, it's just, what are you evaluating? That's that's the question. I just don't, I don't really get it. Um, but anyway, that's uh, that's his numbers. I'm going to take the Chargers. Like what the Chargers did. Um, you know, Jerry Tillery, I love. I mocked it. I thought it was brilliant. He needs to be a little bit more consistent, but I think he's going to dominate. Uh, tip him to make a couple of Pro Bowls in his time. Um, as for the tackle, uh, Trey Pipkins from Sioux Falls. In the third round, it just seemed like a huge reach. But if he's your guy, he's your guy. But I, I didn't really love the pick. Um, but anytime you get offensive line players, I guess it's it's not absolutely dreadful. But I just felt there was probably others available. Um, I've given the Chargers an A-, minus just... Those first two rounds are about as good as you get in the NFL drafts for picking where they were picking. You know, to get Jerry Tillery and then safety Nasir Adley. Nasir Adley, for me, as a safety, is the perfect complement um, to Derwin James. Mm-hmm. I just think those two together, are like they're born to play together. I just think they look absolutely brilliant. Um, I also like what they did in, in the really late rounds. I think in the seventh round they took uh, Cortez uh, Bruton. I think he looks uh, a pretty decent DT. Um, I think there's some 
stories, an interesting backstory to him. I can't quite recall it off the top of my head, but I remember reading it earlier and was quite impressed. So, um, yeah, I like their draft. Um, the good thing with the Chargers, they're always solid. Um, I think they're maybe above solid this year. I think they had a good draft. Um, they, but they never seem to do a terrible job, which is why, uh, especially not in the last few years. So, yeah, well done to them. Staying in Los Angeles, moving over to the Coliseum, I'll do the Rams. Now, their best pick was third-round tackle Bobby Evans. He impressed leading up to the draft. Uh, could be the player to take over when Andrew Whitworth eventually retires. I imagine this is probably his last year. Their worst pick... Now, I like third-round back Daryl Henderson, but did they really need to use a pick on a back that high? I mean, does Todd Gurley's knee now provide more of an issue than we think? Possibly. Grade B. Now, Gordon, B minus. Oh, that hyphen's got me again. B minus. Even better. They didn't have a first-round pick because of a trade, and then they didn't pick until number 61 in the second round, so that's a long, long time to go without a pick. <clears throat> Excuse me. They took safety Taylor Rapp, another one of my IDP rookies, which I love. He's going to spend next season watching Eric Weddle and John Johnson, so a couple of people to really gain your, you know, grind your teeth against in practice and learn your trade from. Very little to help now, but a great future pick for when their cap hill descends upon them. Yeah, I couldn't go higher than the grade just because, again, I'm going back into how many players did they really pick up that are going to improve them or get into the team this year. Not a lot. But I do think they've got a solid base to work on, as you mentioned, when the cap uh, descends on them. Uh, i got the Dolphins, uh, best pick. I've mentioned him already, Josh Rosen. I know it's not <laughs> really a pick, um, but anytime you can get a franchise quarterback for the 62nd pick um, and then get some capital on that, so he's not even really cost you the 67 pick. He's, he's cost you uh, less than that, and he's very cheap. I just you know really love it. I really liked Wilkins. Um, for me, of the three um, Clemson defensive linemen, for me, he was the best. I think he was he was superb in the national title game. I just thought he's a he's a top top player. Um, I really really like him. Uh, and again, he's a guy that you can build a team on the line on. Um, I just think I think we said this when we were talking about Miami building the trenches, get some O line, get some D line, get some quality quality players in there. Um, and Wilkins massively fits the bill. Big tick for me um, is exactly what I would have done. Now for me, they didn't have terrible picks. But Van Ginkle, who's a linebacker in the fifth round, was probably a little high. Probably could have got him a bit later. But I'm not overly critical of uh, fifth round picks. You know, it is what it is. Um, you, you take who you take in that position. Day three guys are upside guys. If you like the guy, take him. So I haven't got a huge problem. But I felt you probably could have waited around. But uh, giving him an A, I just feel Wilkins is just such a great move. It feels such a huge need for them. Um, but I loved the 62 pick for Rosen. I just think they've got better. They will start off being a better team. I don't think they're going to, you know, light the world up next year. Mm. I think there may be a, a six win team, maybe a seven win team at best. Um, they're in a tough division and the teams around them got a lot better as well in the draft, but I think they've done a lot. And what they really did that is they've got a lot of picks for next year. So they can really now build, they decide they're going to get rid of the dead wood and start to rebuild, and it's it's a bit of a re you know a, a refire progress. It's going to take our oh, program. It's going to take a bit of time, but yeah, well done. I think uh, I, I think Dolphins fans won't be too disheartened with what they've got. High grade indeed. Let's move over to Minnesota now. Their best pick was fourth round guard Drew Samir. He's going to be a quality starter. They needed some help, and he could well slide in straight away. Big man over there wanted him at the Bucks. 
So the Vikings did well taking him from Tampa. The worst pick, third round running back Alexander Madison. He's got some ability, but I th- it could be two rounds too high. And considering they've got Mike Boone as a backup already, they didn't need to take him that high, we don't think. We've given them a B, considering that they addressed the offensive line need. They took Garrett Bradbury, who was possibly the best O-lineman in the lead, in the draft. Sorry, It was a good first round pick. Samia in the fourth. You know, there's couple, decent help there for Kirk Cousins, who clearly, when flustered, panics. Second round tight end, Irv Smith Jr., we think. Now, I don't know whether I should say this or not, because we're in the middle of a draft, and if this goes out before the draft, we could get sniped, Murph. But Irv Smith Jr. has all the talents to be a top tight end in the league. Kyle Rudolph can be cut this year for $2.3 million or something like that. Yeah, I think it's... Uh... No, it's it's no, it could be cut for nothing. Oh, so it's it's free then. So Carl Rudolph could be cut for nothing. They they're in. I think a it's bit, like a hundred grand. So nothing because it's their workout bonus. That if he turns, if they're he in a little bit of cap trouble. And Irv Smith, in our opinion, is more talented than Carl Rudolph, who's been in the league eight years now. So as a cut candidate, he's right on up there. Yeah, definitely. Um, their cap space is about one point eight million. Um, so you know, Carl Rudolph's contract this year, I think, is around about seven, just a little over seven million. So it just makes complete sense to free up some of that money when you've got a talented player like Irv Smith Jr. They might keep Rudolph for the year. I, he's not staying past this year, but I think he could go beforehand. You've got New England, Murph. I have got the reigning Super Bowl champions, uh, New England Patriots. Best pick for me is Nikhil Harry. Um, mocked it a few months ago. Really think he's going to be a star. I think he's a star from day one. I think it was a massive position of need. And people um, criticise the Patriots um, abilities to draft wide receivers. In fact, it's probably the only criticism they get, but they've never drafted a wide receiver in the first round, I think, since 1996. So it's pretty hard to criticize a team that doesn't really draft wide receivers that high. Um, they use a lot of gadget uh, receivers and, you know, the Cordell Pattersons and, you know, James White's and, and running back, etc. But, you know, why not? If there's an elite talent on the board, go and get it. And I think he is that. So, I think he's a star immediately. His uh, dynasty rookie ranking, uh, rookie uh, price massively went. For me, he's got to be in the consideration for the 101. No, he was my 101 before he got drafted by New England, and now he's the number one. He is 101, unless you're in Superflex, and then you could argue the quarterbacks. There's maybe one or two other guys you could have a conversation about, depending on your needs, and we can probably get into that in the next show. But um, worst pick for me is uh, Jacob Bailey. It's just a punter in round five, like, I don't understand this obsession, and don't get me wrong, this isn't going to be the only time in this podcast you're going to hear this, but I don't understand the need to draft punters at all. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. But I, we know that um, they really value field position and special teams, and I guess that's why they did it. To be honest with you, New England had about 100 picks in this draft. I think actually they had about 12 or 13. Um, they did have the picks to waste. Um, in fact, if I'm really brutally honest... I've given them an A plus because I feel like they've absolutely nailed it. They picked so many good players. Um, I think the punter is the, the worst pick, but I actually think they could have traded up in a few positions because they're not keeping all twelve players. Their, their roster is stacked mm-hmm. in so many positions. There's guys they've drafted here that aren't going to make it that will get cut. Um, but I love uh, Williams, uh, who's the I love Chase Winovich. I think Chase Winovich in the third round is an absolute steal. Um, they've just got proper like Patriot players. So um, for me, winners of the draft, I just think when you're the best team in football and you have the best draft, it's a scary, 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 scary prospect of what we're going to face next season. So 
um, yeah, once again, those guys just absolutely nailed it. Let's move on to New Orleans. Now, their best pick was definitely trading up to land centre Eric McCoy in the second round. They had to get a replace for Unger, and they did that and helped Avin Kamara out massively there. They didn't really have a bad pick because they didn't really have many picks. <laughs> that's, that's long and short of it. So we gave them a C. They didn't have many picks because of deals formally made, but we like what they did with their first two in getting McCoy and safety Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. That is a mean safety to add to uh, their already good cornerbacks. Their first round pick went to Green Bay in the trade for DeMarcus Davenport, so he needs to be a big play this season because so far he hasn't shown that he was worth the trade. Lined up with the Giants? Yeah. How did that happen? Wow. The Giants. Hold on to your hats, Rush Nation. So I wasn't allowed to... Um pick for the Giants um, contracts not signed uh, for me to be the GM I'm just going to throw it out there and say you should have signed it before the draft I would like to have done um, but it didn't come across no I'm not saying you I mean them they should have heard our podcast and thrown that contract across yeah I would have been a lot cheaper and I would have done a lot better DeAndre Baker for me is the best pick um, listen he fluffed the process but he probably is based on tape evaluation review the best cornerback in this class um, there's a bit of an ego there and maybe a few character issues to, to sort out but I think he's an absolute stud. Um, I'd never say any prospect is uh, bust-proof, but he's pretty close. (laughs) Um, I think he's going to be a a top cornerback if he can sort those attitudes uh, and he goes out. This is going to come as no surprise, but the worst thing I've got is Daniel Jones. I I mean, it's six. And part of me feels bad because he does... He's getting a lot of stick for a guy who has been drafted. Um, I shared something on the NFL... Uh, Facebook groups and I shared it on the social media groups and about his stats um, coming into the year and it's not great reading no there's a tinge of regret on my side Uh, I will read them out though because uh, you know why not so you know in his final regular season game he lost 58-7 to Wake Forest uh, against Virginia, who was probably the best uh, opposition he faced, he threw two two TDs and nine interceptions in his time. Um, <laughs> nine <laughs> in, in his time of facing them. Um, so when they lost to Baylor, who were one and eleven when they played him, he threw for one interception and zero TDs with a quarterback rating of nineteen, and he was the eighty first ranked QB in the country in yards per attempt. Eighty what? Eighty first. Crikey. Um, and this guy's gone at six. And, and listen, I I feel a bit bad that I've shared that out because it makes it seem like I hate Daniel Jones. I don't hate Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is he's an NFL quarterback. Not just because he's been drafted, but he probably has the ability to have a career in the NFL. And it's unfortunate for him that he is getting a lot of negative attention. And it's not directed at him personally. I know we've, I've read his stats and I've had a bit of a joke at it, but I do think he is a good quarterback. I don't know how good he is to last for 15 years as a starter in the NFL. And do I think he should have been taken above Dwayne Haskins? Absolutely not. I just think that he's been taken because he's come from the same system as Eli Manning. And for a franchise and organization that is, there's no other word for it, it's failing. It's massively regressing every single year to continue to do the same thing and to draft a replacement who is effectively going to be a not as good replacement for the guy you've already got because he's had the same coaching and he's grown up grown up in the same system. I just don't really understand it. So the other thing about it, and this is what shows a bit of madness, is that Dave Gettleman has effectively told the press that he took him at six to avoid basically saying that there were two teams that were in for 
in for Daniel Jones before he picked at 17. Ben Albright is someone who have messaged about this. He's been on our show and, and, and uh, quite a few other very well-respected NFL insiders have basically called BS on this and said it's not true. So I don't know. I just, I just don't understand the pick, um, but he's your guy. So we go with it. I've given him a C minus. This draft is going to be completely dependent on, on Daniel Jones, who they've taken at six. And if he, if he's successful, then it's worked. If he if he isn't successful, then there's an issue. They're talking about Eli potentially playing another three years, which could be nuts. Um, <laughs> I do like the trade back into the first round for DeAndre Baker. Um, it could be a passable draft, but for me right now on paper, it, it just isn't. I think there were better players. They could have drafted at 17. There were better players they could have drafted. Um, like Montez Sweat, for me, would have been a, a great pick at 17. But we are where we are. They, they haven't really addressed the pass rush. Um, and they need to perhaps uh, fix other positions, but it'd be interesting to see what happens day one. This guy has just destroyed our draft. I've just seen. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't think he's destroyed. No, it. he hasn't destroyed it. But Irv Smith and Devin Singletary, we both talked about just before coming on the pod. I'm not fussed about Singletary. Yeah, but we we do need maybe one rookie running back. You know. Anyway, whatever. James, also make both your picks when you're on the turn, bro. Come on. He hasn't. Yeah, I know, but he hadn't. No. Anyway, moving on to the better team in New York. I've got the Jets. Yeah. So, oh, by the way... <laughs> I haven't put the grade. No, that's fine. I'm going to give them a good one. Okay. Best pick was clearly their first pick, and that's defensive tackle Quinnen Williams. Have you seen the video of Quinnen Williams blessing himself after sneezing and then thanking himself? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. So he sneezes, blesses himself, and then says thank you because he blessed himself. He's a brilliant. Anyway, he's going to be a dominant player on the defensive line for a long, long time. Worst pick, it's hard to find one, but I think we're going to go with second-round pass rusher, Jakai Polite. He's got off the field issues and bombed the combine. But as a player, he could be a steal if he can stay focused on the game. The grade. Murph is currently typing away in front of me, so I feel like someone's going to come in no, before no, I I'm talk. Done. Oh, okay. So we like their first three picks, which included third round tackle Chuma Edoga. The draft would be a nice building block as they try and catch the Patriots in the division, which before the draft may have been plausible. Now the Patriots won the draft, I'm not so sure. But I am going to go ahead and give the Jets a B plus. That's fair. I'd have looked at this and said B plus A minus. I think they had a really good draft. Um, I don't. I don't dislike Jakai Belight. It was just having to pick. Yeah, no, a player. I, I I actually really like the player. It was just one of those things. Um, I just think it's that he could be a, a real steal. Um, I got the Raiders. So this was a, again another really tough um, job here. I'm going to uh, actually go against my advice. I never, the, I never really recommend taking a running back in the first round. Uh, just for me, I always think it's uh, almost wasted value. Um, but I really like them taking Josh Jacobs with a 24th pick. I actually personally would have done it with a 27th Hollywood's pick. just gone. <laughs> oh, see, that was the player we were going to take. That blows up our draft. Yeah, Sorry. Um, okay, so Josh Jacobs with a 24 pick, I think is a good one. I, again, probably would have taken him at 27, but either way, I I just think he was one of the best players in this draft, and I think he was head and shoulders above every other running back, uh, except for maybe one. I'm really, you know, I think it's a good pick. Um, I didn't like taking Clennon Farrell at four. I just didn't even think he was the best defensive lineman on his team. I really love the guy, by the way. I think character-wise, and I think he's a good player. I don't think, I don't, I'm not saying he's not a first-round player. I just think Josh Allen feels a massive need there, and they really, I think for me, fluffed not 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 taking him there. 
Um, so I've given him a B. I, I loved what they did. I, Ferrell's not a bad player. He's going to be good in the NFL, and he, he'll probably be a success. But uh, I'd have taken Josh Allen, who I think is a safer pick in a position of, of real need. But I really like what they did getting Jacobs and, and uh, Jonathan Abrams. I think he, they're solid, solid first-round players. I really like Isaiah Johnson at corner. I think they, they've got a lot better overnight. Um, quite happy with to give him a great B. Let's move on to Philadelphia, former Super Bowl champions. Now, we are one away from the being on the clock, Murph, so we've got some thinking to do. Sorry, back to the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the best pick, second-round running back Miles Sanders, has a chance to be a 1,200-yard runner in possibly this year or maybe next year. He's got that type of ability. He was behind Saquon Barkley over at Penn State, but once he broke out, had an absolute monster last year. Philly need this kind of back, and they do use a running back by committee over there, but there's a good chance Miles Sanders becomes a cat bell cow. So we think that's an absolute steal in the second round. Worst pick, though, we didn't like the pick of J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in the second round. He runs well, decent hands, but he doesn't seem to play to a top speed. And they've already got a lot of wide receivers now. Obviously, that could change with Jeffrey. And, um, they got so many players. Though. I know. Anyway, the other receiver, they, Algalho, Nelson Algahor. Nelson Algahor. We got there in the end. So, yeah. I just think he's going to sit behind them and, and, and not do much if he doesn't play up to the speed of the NFL. We've given them a C. Now, this draft was for the future. They had three picks in the first 57, and it's doubtful, and he will start next year. So it's a smart draft for the future, except Sandra's, and then the players they took we like, but they're not going to win next year based on their draft picks. Murph, you have Pittsburgh. I do. Sixburg, Pittsburgh Steelers. I love Justin Lane. I think he's a good player. Uh, he has a chance to be a really good starter. To get him in the third round, I think it's a steal. Uh, you know, he can he can really cover plays, especially deep. So, uh, big fan of what they've done. Um, worst pick for me is Dante Johnson. A lot of players called uh, him as a player that will that will go earlier than than mocked. And, and fair play to some of the um, the players that that went ahead and did that. Uh, I for me just didn't really like the player. I just didn't feel it was. Uh, a good move. He's just—he's quite small. He's from the MAC. It just makes him a bit of a risk. But you know, who am I to argue with the Steelers when it comes to smallish receivers in the draft with what they've done <laughs> in the past? So uh, maybe I'll lay off a little bit. I've given him a B. Uh, made a really uh, bold move to move up and get Devin Bush with a tenth uh, overall pick. Uh, I actually really like the move. Again, uh, when you've got two um, linebackers in this whole draft that are capable of starting day one, and one of them was off the board and your rivals in your division are going to take them at 11, and that's a position of need for you with uh, Ryan Shazier and what's happened with him. You know, People will be critical because they'll say analytical-wise that linebackers don't move the needle, but when it's such a huge gaping hole, and I'll get onto this again in a minute, I think you've got to do it. Um, so I liked it. It's not a flashy draft. There's no one in there that is like uh, a headline grabber. Maybe Devin Bush is, but uh, I liked it. B. Oh, that was close. I almost did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I wouldn't dare. I got the 49ers. Now, their best pick, it was definitely the first, and that's defensive end Nick Bosa. He was possibly the best player in the draft and should have gone number one overall, but the Cardinals didn't take our advice. He's got star potential just like his brother, and it's written all over him and the way he plays. The Cardinals are definitely going to regret passing on him. I think their worst pick, though, was, uh, like Murph says, you don't draft a punter, and they took Mitch Wishkanowski in the fourth round. Why? You don't draft punters at all. We don't. It doesn't matter how good he is. Why waste a draft pick on him? You're not the Patriots with picks to spare. We've given them a C purely based on Bosa, but, you know, we weren't enamoured with the rest of their draft, so a C's middle of the road. 
Debo Samuel and Jalen Hurd are both good receivers, which we like, but they have a muddled backfield. There was better options when they took both of the receivers, and we didn't love, we didn't hate, but Bosa, I mean, they got a C. Fire the cannons, big man. This is going to cause uh, a lot of controversy here. Um, right, my Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the former world champions. <laughs> Come on, get on with it. Flashbacks to uh, our live NFL draft. But every time the Buccaneers, every time I came up and drafted for the Buccaneers, <laughs> I came up with some clever, witty phrases like the pride of Florida and uh, many others. So yeah, why not? Uh, I just love Devin White. Love the player. I've said it a million times. Not going to really redwell on it. I just think he's incredibly speed. Um, it was a huge position in need. Um, I get the people that wanted Josh Allen, and I'm not really one to blame, but. That linebacker position, as I've sort of said already, was just such a gaping need. You've got Levante David and you've got no one to play Mike linebacker. Um, you know, we were faced with the prospect of starting Riley Bullerhood there, who, if anyone's watched Hard Knocks, he was on there. In fact, he's just been cut, got cut yesterday. Um, which is a shame. I like the guy as a character, but as a player, he's not good enough to play. So, on the whole, Devin White, for me, uh, is, is a home run. The worst pick, it's pretty obvious, is again kicker. Why do it again? Uh, Matt Gay in the fifth round. Um, I mean, did we not learn from Roberto Aguirre in the past? You sign kickers, you don't draft them. Uh, I don't care how good this guy is. Fifth round is just steep. Um, there was rumours that the the Browns were going to draft a kicker and, and that's why we did it. I don't care. Um, I just think it's just a waste of a pick with so many needs. But we've done it now, so get behind it. Now, the controversial bit here is I'm going to give us a grade B. And the reason I'm giving us a B is we had to get better on, on defense and spending the first five picks on that side of the ball made complete sense. And people will say, well, we drafted three uh, DBs last year. We drafted two the year before. Um, we've drafted three more. Why do we keep drafting that position? It's pure and simple. We've got a new coaching staff this year. They've looked at the DPs in, in minicamp and they've gone, they're not good enough or they're not ready enough or we've not got enough depth there. You had three rookies. The three rookies that were drafted last year played 40 games between them last year. That's not good enough in the sense of why are we playing three rookies for 40 games? There's no depth there. Vernon Hargraves has played five games in two years. That position is just an absolute nightmare. We were last in almost every single category. Uh, MJ Stewart's going to move to safety because he probably just can't cut it at corner. If not, he might even get cut. Um there's just no depth. There's no players there that are good enough to start week in, week out. Depth guys, maybe. Um, so I really like the fact that we've addressed that position. It was by far the weakest position. Arians isn't here for the next 10 years. He's here for two, maybe three. That's, I think, the push of what you're going to get. And he wants to win. He doesn't want to sit around and rebuild an entire roster. So you fill the gaps in now and, and go about it that way. I love Sean Bunting. He comes from our favorite university team. The Central Michigan Chippewas. Fire up chips. The fire up chips. Sean Bunting, incredible. We had um, Luke Eastling tell us a little bit about him. Uh, really like the player, like the attitude, love what he would do. And I really love Nelson in the fourth round. I think he's going to be a stud. He's six foot seven, which is huge for a lineman, but I think he's going to be an absolute player. Um, there's also uh, a couple of players that we drafted. It was all about speed, rapid, rapid speed. Um, I thought we were very sluggish on defense. We didn't have a lot of pace and. They've clearly come in and changed that. Controversial grade. I know a lot of Bucks fans really hated our draft and have called for like to go. Uh, but I I think it made sense. It's not stellar, but I think a B is, is a solid grade and, and I think one that's justified. Right, Murph, we are OTC in this thing. Do you want to do it now? Uh, 
Okay, yeah, let's do it on air. Why right. not? I'll we tell you what. Our... I'll tell you what we'll do. I'm just about to talk about the Seattle Seahawks. I'll talk about them and we'll make our pick. Right, the Seahawks, best pick. Now, we think they've landed a big-time steal in fourth-round receiver Gary Jennings Jr. He is absolutely rapid and Murph loves him, which is why we're just about to take him. Worst pick. I think they took second-round safety Marquis Blair two rounds too high. They need needed needed range back there, but they had other needs, and we think he was a reach. Going to give them a B. First-round defensive end LJ Collier fits with what they wanted to do in replacing traded Frank Clark. We like that pick, but this draft will not be judged on that on Blair in the second round. It's going to be judged on draft darling DK Metcalf. Now, he is the type of receiver to take the lid off and will make defences stand up and listen to what he can do. It's been reported that Doug Baldwin may retire. Yeah, it looks like he's going to retire. Um, I think that's something... It's going to be a shame, but... Yeah, so with Lockett and DK over the top, do they have anyone who can come underneath like Doug Baldwin did? Not sure on that situation. Well, I, I think that's where Gary Jennings is going to play. But fair enough. Should we draft him? Should we just get him in? Because loot players that we want aren't making it to us. So should we just get him in and see what happens after? Or do you think... We've talked about him now, so... I think the thing for, the thing for me is there's one player out there who is a wide receiver one on his team. Still there? That is still on the board. Oh, okay. Let's take him then. Who's that? John Brown at the Buffalo Bills. Okay. I'll do it. They're, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm looking at depth charts. I'm looking at who's available. Too late, mate. He's in. Okay. John Brown is now a member of the Five Yard Rush Podcast Pirates. I just think any time you can take a, a wide receiver one in the what round are we in the eleventh, twelfth round? John Brown's fast, and we know our boy Josh Allen likes to throw he's over got the top. cannon. I think he's gonna have a good opportunity this year. I quite like that, and uh, we can look at getting Gary Jennings in the next round. <laughs> the chance of this podcast getting edited, produced, and put out before we get on the t- comeback is yeah. It's worth it's worth noting that we've been in this draft. I think this is day. We're about to complete um, our 72nd hour of this draft, um, and we're in the 11th round in the 12-man. It's a four-hour slow draft, so it's it's not even the slowest of slow, and it, it could well eclipse the draft that I mentioned that sucked my life away. <laughs> right, Murph, you're on the Titans. Uh, yes, the Tennessee Titans, again, unfortunately, another one of those teams that I just can't get massively excited to talk about. Um, but I'm going to do my best. Um, Jeffrey Simmons for me is the pick, uh, best pick for me. Um, really, really love the player. Yes, the torn ACL. Yes, he's going to sit most of this year and be redshirted. But at least with a team like Tennessee, they can afford to let him sit. When they get him back next year, he's a top 10 player. Um, so I think uh, absolutely the right decision. Wise move from the the um, from the GM to, to do this. Um, on the other side of that, taking a Taking Nate Davis at guard in the third round is a real project. I just think he's a player who he, he needs to develop. Um, I, in the third round, I'd be looking at players who can make my starting roster or at least be able to, to really contribute right away. Nate Davis isn't that. I, I, sorry to interject, Murph. I guess the thing with the Titans is they don't really have any gaping holes. They've got one of the strongest rosters depth-wise. But do they? No, not skill-wise, but depth-wise. And I think, I hear what you're saying, third round should definitely start, but maybe give them a round grace on the fact that they have a decent depth at most positions. But they took positions that they already have a lot of depth on, and I just think there were there were other players who I would have taken. I think they, they could have done with some more secondary help. I think they could have looked at O-line. Their quarterbacks get battered every single year, and I know they've taken Nate Davis, I know he's a guard, but I think there were better options for them there. I just think if you're going to take 
a, a developmental project who probably isn't going to get drafted in the third round. Go for someone who I think, you know, if, if you draft him in the fifth round or the fourth round, I'm probably less dubious. In the third round, I think they're getting starter quality players at guard, at centre, at tackle. Uh, I think that's my issue. I've given him a C. I do like the pick of, of Simmons. I didn't love the pick on AJ Brown. I didn't get it. I just don't get one if drafted AJ Brown. No. You've just invested in free agency in a slot receiver specialist and you drafted Corey Davis, was it last year? Or no, the year two, years, two ago. years ago. And you put high draft capital in him. So you're basically saying you're giving up on Corey Davis. Whereas, is it the receivers that are the problem? Or is it the scheme? The fact you've had four different OCs in the last four years? And the fact that you've got a quarterback that's pretty much always hurt and a backup who is no longer there, um, as he's in Tampa, who just couldn't contribute. They, you're talking about an offense that throws the ball le- less than 90% of the teams in the league. They run the ball a lot. They don't really... I, I just don't get A.J. Brown. Like I just don't... Get, I, in fantasy, this is a horrendous spot. I was talking to you about this earlier. I just think, for me, I couldn't draft him in any league. I just, just, I can't see. We've seen what happened with Corey Davis. I've seen this play out. Corey Davis is, we really hope he comes together. We really hope this happens. And it doesn't, for me, Corey Davis is a better player than AJ Brown. No, no doubt. Not just now, but I think as a prospect. Well, he came out as probably the top ranked prospect of the year, went at number seven to the Titans, and like you say, the revolving door of offensive coordinators and coaches hasn't helped him. There's just no continuity, and I think that's a real issue, and I think AJ Brown's going to get similar. Um, I think this whole draft gets hinged on the fact is Simmons going to be the top 10 player we expect. I've given him a C because I just don't think there is anybody that they've drafted that I think is going to make a huge impact from uh, opening day this year to to what happened last year. And also probably need a quarterback. Other than the New England Patriots and my beloved Orange and Navy, I'm moving on to possibly the draft winners of the Washington Redskins. Their best pick was easily Dwayne Haskins at 15. It was 15, wasn't it? Yeah, at 15. They didn't even have to move up to get him. They wanted a quarterback. Colt McCoy still injured with his leg. Alex Smith probably won't see the field again. And they didn't have to move up to get their franchise quarterback in possibly, you know, he's going to be good. He's a pure pocket passer, Dwayne Haskins, and that suits the Redskins game down to the ground. He could easily end up as the best quarterback and to get him without moving up, I mention that again because to move, to get the guy you want and not move up, that wins the first round anyway. Yeah, 100%. So then their worst pick, we didn't really like the fourth round running back Bryce Love. He's got a torn ACL. I know about those. It stopped me being, no, it didn't really. But yeah, torn ACL. He didn't have a great senior season. If he had to come out after his sophomore season? Junior year. Junior year. If he had to come out after his junior year, he could well have gone before Darius Geist last year. He'd have been up there. Yeah, just because he, but then he, he had a real bad year last year, tore his ACL, and he's now been added to the backfield of crocked running backs. Chris Thompson's always injured. Darius Geis has injury concerns. Adrian Peterson is He's going to have a Zimmer frame. Yeah, he's an injury concern just because of the age he's playing football. And now they, they take Bryce Love. We're, we're not so sold on that. But the Redskins, we're giving them an A because they did a nice job being patient to land Haskins without trading up. They then traded back into the first round to take Montez Sweat, who some had going in the top 10, if his health. And then it's been, he's been misdiagnosed, hasn't he? Yeah. It, or has I don't know been, how much of that has been confirmed, but it, it looks like he has been misdiagnosed. So basically, on his medical with the Redskins, they told him that it might be a misdiagnosis and... He doesn't have a heart issue. So if that is true, and to get him at the end of the first bargain, they've added some other nice bits as well. Yeah, great, good draft from them. Again, Dan Schneider, 
congratulations, you finally potentially have hit on a draft. Took a long time. Yeah. Right, Rush Nation. Thank you so much for staying with this absolute beast of a podcast. But we thought we'd give you a little bit extra today because we gave you so little of the draft last time we chatted. <laughs> I feel like we've we've actually done the draft now. Like I feel like we've we've gone through and um we can almost put it in a draw. Um I don't really want to cover off uh undrafted free agents. There's been so many players signed, it would be an injustice to just name players. Um, if there's anything exciting, we might bring it up next week, and we've had a yeah. time to look at some of the mini Riddick camps and see what happens. But um, I, I love the draft. You love the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed watching it, even though it wasn't in real time. Well, it was because you didn't know anything that happened. True. Um, and as you weren't there in person, real time to you is whenever you watch it. Yeah, I mean, the third round, I kind of just glimpsed it on my phone. I didn't really watch it. Um, I still got on record. I'll probably go back and watch bits and pieces, but. It's a brilliant uh, event. I'd love to go one day. Maybe we make it happen. Who knows when the little ones get uh, born and older. Um, I guess we see what happens. But um, thanks so much for listening. It It's really nice just to talk about the draft and, yeah. and new players. And, you know, there's been other bits of pieces and, and news around the league. And uh, I think we, we probably sort of leave them uh, off. The only thing I will actually mention, actually, there was just one bit of news. And I said I wouldn't talk about... Uh, UFDAs, but or UDFAs, but actually I'm going to mention one. Do you know um, Vinny Testavoni, former Jets quarterback, drafted by the Buccaneers? Bit of a legend in the game? No. Okay, so he was a quarterback drafted in the 80 by Tampa, and then he, he played for the Jets for a very long time, took him to the playoffs. He's, I think he's a Hall of Famer, if he's not. Yeah, I'm actually, I'm sure he's a Hall of Famer. His son now, Vinny Testavoni II, is having a uh, mini rookie mini camp try out with the Buccaneers nice so his dad was shafted by the Buccaneers and he wasn't really the legend that we kind of hoped he would be um, and now his son's there too I just thought that was a nice story to, to end on yeah man no doubt Rush Nation we would really really appreciate it if you could uh, hit the subscribe button on the podcast wherever you listen and give us a little review on iTunes five stars would go a long way to helping us reach more people and make Rush Nation bigger just on that with a verbal confirmation that next week we could have arguably in our top three biggest guests of all time and one that would be well known to our listenership. So if you haven't hit the subscribe button, do, because I do expect it to happen next week. But in case something happens with the schedule, it will happen. Just when? It's just a case of when. We've had verbal confirmation it'll be next week. Uh, and when we do, I'm over the moon. He's like a, Christmas. Yeah. So I, I just, I really love listening to this person talk. And um, he... Is someone that you all know. So very exciting times. And <laughs> please do join us on the journey. Um, we're also going to have uh, Claire DeBear on at some point. Um, hopefully, maybe might happen this week. Maybe we might do it remotely. Um, we were going to do something today. It's not going to happen. Um, she's got um, a few things that she's sorting out. But she's the one we're doing our giveaway with. Fascinating story about how she does bits and pieces and these giveaways. And it's well worth a listen and I promise you some more content, or we promise you some more content, uh, with some incredible guests that we're just in the process of lining up from the fantasy world. And now we know we've got the draft out of the way, we can actually start to think a little bit more fantasy. Yeah, because uh, everybody knows fantasy drafts have already now started. Because we're in two, as we talked to you, you must have heard us talk about it. Rush Nation, this has been an absolute blast. It's been good to talk about the draft, as Murph says, once it's now finally done. We will bring you some fantasy takes, as Murph also said, on the draft and where to look out for, who not to look out for, and who to darn right don't touch. But 
Murph, you know, as always, this has been a pleasure. Mate, loved it. It's been uh, it's been really good. It's almost like um, catharsis. Like it's been a cathartic experience. Like we've been building up the draft for the week, and it's like that instant release that it's happened. And I feel like we can put the draft in the drawer, and we can look forward. I, I actually feel like football season. I know it's over 100 days away, but I actually feel like it's really much closer than now. We know who's going to be on rosters. Yes, sir. And with that relaxing thought being said, Rush Nation. Until we speak again, don't forget keep rushing. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.